Alistair. We're high school students and art enthusiasts. If you hear this, you've been lucky enough to stumble upon our podcast, Books, Ballads, and B-Roll. Keep listening if you enjoy hearing about literature, music, and movies. In this episode, sorry, we can just edit this out. Okay. In this episode, we're going to be talking about themes of loss in the book The Fault in Our Stars by John Green, the movie Song of the Sea, and the song The Ghost of Virginia by Justin Towns Earl. We're going to start with The Fault in Our Stars. In this book, two teenagers, Hazel Grace and Augustus Waters, aka Gus, meet through a cancer support group and fall in love. Their relationship is complicated by the fact that Hazel's disease is terminal and the characters grapple with ideas of death and oblivion and what this means for their legacy throughout the book. It's by John Green and I don't really know much about him, but he seems like he's probably a pretty cool guy because he does all those crash course videos which are helpful Yes, very um, helpful. <laughs> in school. We love yeah, crash course. It's, it's amazing. And yeah, I found some parts of this book to be very sad. It's it's about a very sad topic, cancer. So there were for like sure. I found I felt bad for the characters because they were like having to think about all these things, like their legacy and like leaving their families behind and like feeling guilty about that, and also just trying to enjoy the little time that they had left. Yeah. So that was pretty upsetting to imagine. Like, I can't I imagine what that's like. And they're, like, our age, so it's it's yeah. just crazy to think about yeah. what that's like, how they have to experience life. Yeah. So there were some things that I didn't like. I felt a bit bad for not feeling much sadness about Hazel and Gus's relationship. Mm. Like, I cared a lot more about their relationship with their parents and, like, with themselves. But together, I did not really like them that much. First of all, they kind of came across as pretentious, um, like Gus with his metaphorical smoking and all that. And also, the way they met was very weird because Gus was just staring at Hazel and refusing to look away when she saw him, which I would be kind of weirded out if I were her. I don't know if he thinks that's like a good tactic to get girls, but I feel like it's probably not. That was a little weird, yeah. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So... I also felt like Hazel didn't really have that much personality, which I feel like it made sense in a way because she has been struggling with cancer for so long that she hasn't really been able to think about her identity or who she is as a person. Like, she's already dealing with so much. But I would have liked to see some character development or, like, personal growth because I felt like her character remained pretty flat over time. She did fall in love, but, like, that kind of was something that happened to her more than something that she, like, decided. Um, But yeah, and also the scene where they made out at the Anne Frank house, that was weird as well. Um, And, like, everyone started clapping for them, which I felt was kind of unrealistic, but maybe it's different in Europe. Hmm. Who knows? Well, interesting interpretations. I would say that I agree that they were both a bit pretentious at times, and especially Gus. But I also found that to be kind of an endearing quality that brought them together in a way because they both had this sort of like intellectual way of looking at life. It also sort of pointed to the fact that they forced to confront a lot of really deep ideas about world and life from a young age because they both struggled with cancer, obviously. And so, and also in terms of Hazel's character, I think 
I would agree that she didn't have as much character development as I might have expected. I do think that one thing that changed that was pretty important was that she came to realize that the the worth of loving someone even though it's like fleeting and they might not be around forever because at first she wanted to prevent Gus from falling in love with her and she didn't want her parents to be too attached because she felt like she would only hurt them more when she eventually passed away, um, which is obviously just so sad. But I think by the end of the book, she felt like it was worth it to love someone even if they were going to die soon. And that, not that it makes the pain better, but it is still worthwhile even despite it. I think the the main problem maybe is that the author kind of focused too much, much like Gus, on metaphorical resonance instead of focusing on character. I feel like mm. the book kind of hit you over the head with the metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like the, the example of them kissing in the Anne Frank house is a good moment where that is evident because I would say that I agree the way that people reacted to that didn't seem very realistic. Yeah. And it didn't seem like, like, yeah, it seemed sort of just a little bit like not really a thing that you would normally do yeah. when you're visiting the Anne Frank house. But I would say that it also did hold a lot of significance in terms of their development of their relationship and in, in terms of the idea of them like wanting to love each other and like do things despite the sadness all around them and the fact that life is fleeting and lots of people are gonna die and all that stuff and that they're still like expressing love for each other anyway. I felt like metaphorically that was very resonant but yes. <laughs> but also like you said it did kind of hit you over the head with that which is like yeah. I don't know like it was definitely not subtle and I would say generally the book and the characters no one was subtle in this, yeah. in this book <laughs> that nothing is was, very no one and nothing was subtle So, The Song of the Sea is an animated film, and both of us agree that it's one of our favorite animated films, or generally our favorite films of all time, because it's a beautiful movie. It involves a young boy named Ben navigating a complex relationship with his younger sister, Saoirse, and his father, who's been distant ever since the loss of his wife. It's kind of unclear what happened to Ben's mother, Brona. She began having pains when Saoirse was about to be born and had to go out to sea to give birth. Saoirse was washed up on the shore and returned to her father safely, but Brona never returned. It seems like she may have died during childbirth, but there's a heart-wrenching scene in the end where she comes back and says goodbye to her family once more. As it turns out, Brona is a Selkie, and Saoirse is part Selkie. So there's a lot of Irish mythology incorporated into Song of the Sea, um, the most obvious being the Selkie, which is... <laughs> it's a seal that can transform into a human using... A selkie cloak mm -hmm. and sometimes they fall in love with and marry humans but they always have to return to the sea so mm -hmm. the mythology aspect is really interesting the music the voice acting and the art came together to make such a beautiful story mm -hmm. and the I animation agree. is done like using watercolor i think and then the artists yeah. uh like they overlap things digitally the art style is so like it's such an interesting style yeah. And I feel like it reflects like the, the Irish mythology. Which... And the music 
for it the is music also is amazing. really amazing. So beautiful. Yeah. I also just really liked how they drew the creatures. Like they made them look, they gave them such creative and like colorful personalities. And they sort of are, sh their personality is showcased by the way they're drawn. Very cool. So everything goes together really mm -hmm. well. So it's going to be hard for us to offer a similar sort of critical look at the Song of the Sea because yes. <laughs> neither of us have any critical opinions. We just love it. Indeed. It's, it's, it's such a good movie and everyone should watch it. Exactly. But it does also deal a lot with loss, similar to The Fault in Our Stars, in obviously the way that Ben is loses his mom and also his dad and also Saoirse and anguish of losing people you love. Yeah, like the whole family, he kind of loses them in different ways because mm -hmm. of the loss of his mom. Now he and Saoirse have a strained relationship. Like, Saoirse yeah. obviously really wants him to like her, but he's, like, kind of mean to her, and mm -hmm. he wants to have someone to blame for what happened to his mom. And then also Ben and his dad's relationship is pretty strained, too, because the dad is obviously really still upset and depressed about his wife being gone. He also sometimes seems to favor Saoirse and doesn't mm -hmm. really give Ben the benefit of the doubt. So, so that also adds to Ben's dislike of Saoirse. But as the movie goes on, Ben starts to understand Saoirse a lot more and their relationship develops. And, and I feel like yeah. it shows that characters can be flawed because I do like to have flawed characters. It would be pretty boring if the characters were perfect. So they can be flawed, but also like characters that you're attached to and that are good characters. So I feel like that mm. was the problem with the characters and the fault of the fault in our stars and mm -hmm. this is probably just a me problem but like I didn't really like those characters but I feel like the the song of the sea characters are flawed but they also have aspects about them that make them endearing there's things about them that make you want to root for them they're interesting people I agree with that I I have to say I I don't know whether I can say that I don't feel like the Fault in Our Stars characters have things that make you want to root for them. <laughs> but there's a lot of similarity in the way that Ben is, because of his, the loss that he's experienced, he's not really able to be kind to his sister for a while in terms of similarities to relationships that Gus and Hazel have. Like, for example, Gus at one point talks about a previous girlfriend he had who had like a brain tumor and it unfortunately made her really irritable and unable to be kind to him and be the way that he might have needed her to be in their relationship, which was really sad. And so I think that's definitely a parallel we can draw. I agree. Yeah, so overall, I think the illustrations, the attention to detail, the mystical quality in Song of the Sea, it kind of infiltrates everything about this movie. And this movie makes me feel like there's a lot of hidden meaning uh, and wonder in the world. Metaphorical least, resonances. Yes, there's a lot of metaphorical yeah. resonances in the Song of the Sea. We're now going to introduce the third one for this episode, which is called The Ghost of Virginia. It's a song. And this song is one that I hadn't known before, but B introduced me to. My dad always played this song when I was like eight, I think, and he still plays it because he's a, a big 
Justin Towns Earl fan. Yeah, shout out to him. Full disclosure, uh, <laughs> I have never heard of Justin Towns Earl before this, but that's okay. my mind is being opened. He's a, a, a cool guy. He's like a mm-hmm. country singer. He's, an, he's a pretty interesting artist who I think sadly battled with addictions. I think he ended up overdosing at 38, like, hmm. a couple of years ago, maybe. So that's that's pretty yeah, sad. Yeah, I think I read it was 2020 that he passed away. I yeah. Believe. This song is a really good song about loss. Of course. Yes. It's, um, when I listened to it, what I was struck by was a lot of country music, at least that I've heard, tends to have this sort of not necessarily happy, but like the country music that I've been exposed to has mostly been sort of celebrating various things, whether it be like trucks or like (laughs) the Southern lifestyle or like things like that, that I just haven't really been able to resonate with much myself. But this song I found to be one, a lot more sad and eerie in in the mood. And also I found it to be a lot more interesting yeah. than the country music I've heard. And I think that might just be because I haven't heard a lot of country music. And I, yeah. especially, I've mostly been exposed to stuff that's more like popular yeah. in the mainstream these days, but not necessarily the kind of country music that's like really what people might think of as like authentic country music. I don't know. Yeah, I think but, there's a lot of stereotypes that country music is is all just sounds like Cotton Eye Joe or like... Mm. I mean, there are a lot of country songs I like, about trucks, but I feel like they're also very different from what people think country songs about trucks sound like. Like True. they're a bit more about loss. Oh so yeah, when I was a little kid, I used to be really entranced by this song because on one hand, I was terrified by it because the train was being described as a ghost and the, the lyrics and the sound as well are just really eerie. But I also felt comforted by it and like Hmm. I've I empathized with the train a lot because the train was so beloved and young at one point and like had so much hope she tried so hard to please the town by by hauling coal and transporting soldiers during war but in the end she still inevitably was reduced to a memory and replaced by newer technology hence the lyric it wasn't no sleek streamer line so that it made me think about obsolescence. Just yeah, like, like how sometimes technologies or even like people can be considered to be no longer of use to like yeah. society or to others, which is really sad. Yeah. And is a sort of another way of looking at loss yeah. in terms of losing your, I guess, your reason to exist in the eyes of other people, which can be yeah. a really tragic thing to have happen to you. Kind of is a metaphor for people when people get to be old or like sick or they don't really have much of a use to society in the way that they're expected to, then they kind of become obsolete themselves. And we all are going to at some point become obsolete. So it's, uh, (laughs) so that's kind of sad. That is kind of sad. And makes me think about how when these trains are replaced by more efficient technology. It's definitely a loss in a way. And I mean, obviously, like, in retrospect, we can see that the advent of, like, cars and other methods of transport, like planes, are a lot more environmentally damaging, (laughs) if nothing else, than train (laughs) transport today. So it it can be sort of a 
the progress of technology actually leads to a regression or like a worsening of problems that we didn't anticipate. So I think that this is something we can definitely connect to the fault in our stars in terms of the idea of becoming quote-unquote obsolete or the idea of other people not viewing you as being useful anymore, which I think is something that both Gus and Hazel definitely grapple with a lot. They have to still find a way to f feel like they're still a person and there's still other people like want them to be around, which is really... I feel like that's part of why there's the preoccupation with trying to leave your own legacy and like, yeah. especially Gus really wants to like do something that's bigger than himself and do good in the world. And I think, I think a pretty important message of the book is that you don't necessarily have to be a really important person or have done something significant to like have meaning in the world or have importance to others. I feel like this is something that Hazel sort of teaches Gus is that being loved is enough. But anyway, yeah, those are our three media that we've picked this time. They're all about loss. They're all sad. We're sorry that sorry. our first episode was, was like this. We just, it was what was in our minds at, yeah. the, at the moment, and we just, we yeah. felt the need to talk about it. So. There's a lot of really good, like, thoughtful media. Yeah, definitely. And it's not all sad. Like, yeah, that's true. Definitely a lot of good, happy things that we can take from these, these things, despite the fact that they're so sad, and yeah. a lot of inspiring things. Exactly. And ways of being as, as a human. Yeah. that we can, we can draw from these. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next time with hopefully a more upbeat topic. Yeah. But until then, farewell! farewell.